Welcome to SVU Pod, especially heinous. I'm Gabe. I'm Tasha. We are on season three, episode 18, Guilt. This was an amazing fucking episode. We have differences of opinions, <laughs> and that's okay. It was great. It was just fucked up. Okay, it was a good episode. The Cabot shit, so fucking good. Yeah. She had her fucking Rudy moment, and it was awesome. Except we were the only ones cheering for her. Everybody in the precinct was like, don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the subject matter, obviously, it's a fucking pedophile episode. We're going to have to have those. It's the SVU. The chaser is really hard. So you know what I did? I brought snacks. <laughs> I brought snacks because I'm going to eat my way through all of my feelings. Mm-hmm. I made myself a little craft service table. I'll be emotionally visiting it throughout the episode. <laughs> and um, I'm going to start with these puffy Cheetos. Great. Don't worry, I'll edit out my chewing. With that, there's also a few scenes that I put your name next to on the notes that I'm going to have you do and I'm going to emotionally check out and again, snack. Okay. I felt like fine about being there for the hard scenes the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, I skipped forward through stuff that I knew was coming. So I'm like, Ugh. all right, I got, I got I got that shit. Okay. All right, here we are. A man walks into a train station and says, Hey, Sammy, good to see you. I'm glad you called. And he hugs this teenager. Sammy seems super nervous and kind of jumpy, darty-eyed looking around. He tells the man that he thinks his mom knows. First, I was like, oh, is this his estranged dad? And then as soon as he says that, I'm like, fuck, I know what kind of episode this is. So... Mm -hmm. Sammy slash Sam is played by actor Brett Harrison. He's been in a ton of stuff, but the thing that really jumped out to me is how many times he's played a character named Sam. Really? A bunch of times. Probably 20 to 30% of his acting gigs, he's been named Sam. Weird. Also, the man is actor Bo Gravett, Gravetti. He returns in 2004 as another dude on SVU. Okay. So the man asks Sammy, why do you think your mom knows? And he says that she keeps asking him questions. Dude cuts him off and goes, well, did you say anything? And you can tell he's trying to be like, everything's cool. I'm just staying cool. You should stay cool. Mm -hmm. Sammy said no, but that his mom is all freaked out. And the dude tries to calm Sammy down. All of a sudden we see Toots crossing the background with a 1990s wall phone cord hanging out of his Mm -hmm. ear. (laughs) Yeah. It's a fucking sting. Yes. (laughs) The dude does not see... Detective Finn Tutuola carrying one of those ringside girl signs instead of like a round number. It says, I'm a detective watching you. (laughs) Yeah. The man and Sammy continue this conversation. He tells Sammy to just be cool and act like an adult, which I hated. Yeah. He's like, act like an adult. Like we've talked about. Ew. Yeah. And then, oh, there's Stabes in a trench coat carrying a newspaper. He's also looking at the ceiling and whistling a little tune super loudly. (laughs) Obviously just being a regular citizen, minding his business, curly, curly, pigtail ear cord hanging out of his ear (laughs) he made it so fucking obvious every single one of them i know made it so obvious that they were detectives and this guy's like i don't see anything cut to a different room where the conversation's being recorded you can hear it coming out of this recording device so sammy's wired yes obviously showing us like why he's nervous now at this point Mm -hmm. so through the recording device we hear sammy say what do you think i should say if someone asks and cabot is sitting over the recorder she goes yes let him hang himself. <laughs> <laughs> She's two inches from this 
giant box. <laughs> if she blinked, her fucking eyelashes would have hit the box. She was like, yeah. just looking at it. Then from the recording device, we hear the man say, we didn't do anything wrong and nothing illegal happened, right? We're just good friends. Then we see Sammy's mom behind Cabot. She's listening too. She's played by actor Kay Lenz. She's beautiful and has mm. acting credits a mile long back into the 60s. Yeah. Like her parents were in show business. She'd been acting since she was very young. She's amazing. Oh, her facial acting. I just got chills just thinking about it. Cragen's also there. Cabot really wants this kid to get the dude to say more. She needs more incriminating shit. Mm -hmm. Sammy is super stressed and the dude notices and is like, Sam, what is going on with you? Sammy looks up to see Benson and Munch in their police issued trench coats staring directly (laughs) at them. The kid fucking can't take it and he whispers to the dude, just run. And Cragen's like, fuck, get him now. Mm -hmm. Benson and Stabler fucking try to get to him, but there's civilians in the way and everybody's spin moving around each other and the dude Mm -hmm. takes off. Stabler dives. He spins. It's a miss and he eats the floor. The dude makes it outside. Oh my God, I feel like a sports announcer. The dude makes it outside, but here comes Toots to cut him off and nab him. Did you see how hard Toots threw his arms back to slam them on the guy? Yeah, I did. He whipped his arms back behind his head further than I can stretch mine and then on the guy's shoulders. I knew he was going to do it awesome. Yeah. Ever since that first time we saw him do that trampoline fucking oh dive off the side of the building (laughs) yeah (laughs) the dude's like you haven't identified yourself stabler walks up with a badge and calmly as if he didn't just eat shit in this station says (laughs) you already know who we are don't you roy Sammy walks up to Cragen and hands him the mic and his mom is comforting him. Sammy's clearly very upset. Cabot says they didn't get enough to nail this Roy guy, though. Very intense opening. And I was immediately like, this is going to be a fucking kick-ass episode. Right. Theme song. Benson and Stabler are in an interrogation room with Roy and his lawyer listening over the recordings. The lawyer, Roger Kressler, is played by actor Ned Eisenberg. Okay. Mm -hmm. He has appeared on SVU 24 times. The first two seasons, he was two other dudes, but then from 2001 to 2019, he's a defense attorney, Roger Kressler. Okay. He's like the little like smarmy, creepy little, I don't like him. Well, we're in the SVU. So since he's a defense attorney, he is going to bat for some real pieces of shit. Yeah. So in turn, we're like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Also, he's Detective Hauser in Mayor of Easttown. He's also in like a ton of other stuff. The one that stuck out to me was he played Anthony Finelli in the short run 1990 TV series, The Finelli Boys. I didn't look into it any further, but I saw that title and I laughed to myself. I'm like, I have to tell Gabe. <laughs> so the lawyer says that the only thing that isn't legal is the fact that they used a child to entrap Roy. Benson mm-hmm. says that no judge will throw out that tape because the dude was trying to coerce Sammy to lie. Attorney mm-hmm. Kressler does his best Owen Wilson here and goes, wow, you must have superpowers <laughs> if you heard that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, wow. (laughs) You're really good at it. Thank you. You know what it is? It's me doing Melissa Villasenor's impression of Owen Wilson. I know it is. I I hear it. Yeah. You know how there's like always that like one word that gets you into an impression of a character and that's the Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And for Christopher Walken, it's no right? Yeah. Stabler says for four years, you've been taking Sam to your apartment and forcing him to perform sex acts. And Roy's like, no, I haven't. (laughs) He's like, no, no, you guys. uh." (laughs) He says Sam's a good kid, but he's troubled and lies. And Benson Mm -hmm. 
very sarcastically, says, gee, that sounds so familiar. Oh, maybe it's because you used the same statement about another boy in 1985 and again in 1990. Did they make that up too? Ugh. And then I was thinking, like, can you imagine being a lawyer for these kinds of fucking pieces of shit? Like, yeah, you're sitting next to them knowing they're absolute garbage, but like you still have to do your job. Yeah, Keanu Reeves would never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> fucking devil's advocate. So good. So fucking good. <laughs> but he wouldn't, seriously. He would yeah. walk right the fuck out of there mm-hmm. with Charlie's just loving each other. <laughs> Roy said that those boys were misunderstandings, even though he pled guilty to coercion and child endangerment. Mm-hmm. And Stabler says to him, the world just doesn't understand men like you who have a deep abiding love for young boys. You don't have the problem. We do. Stabler (sighs) and Benson's sarcasm game is intense. This scene, at least. Their, like, biggest hero is Chandler from Friends right now. (laughs) Thanks for laughing so hard at that. You're, well, it's true. (laughs) Could you be any more of a pedophile? (laughs) You know what? It's dark dark so fucking dark so i know we've got to find jokes where we can could you be any more of a (laughs) that's funny roy's lawyer is not having any of this and then Mm. roy jumps in and says he spent time with sam because he liked him sam doesn't Mm. have a dad and roy felt sorry for him if i'm guilty of anything it's having an overdeveloped sense of responsibility right roy says that he thinks of sam as a friend and would never hurt him it's fucking piece of shit you know what i believe him (laughs) right yeah on the other side of the glass in craigan's enchanted mansion i just watched encanto (laughs) we don't talk about bruno i almost no 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 when i hear craigan's enchanted mansion which i love you for by the way i thought you were i thought you were talking about beauty and the beast yeah (gasps) who would craigan be in beauty and the beast and he's not the beast he would be um oh he would be Belle's dad no he'd be like we need to save my daughter no 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 Uh no i like how you asked for my thoughts on it i had a strong opinion and you were like no Mm -mm." (laughs) no um if if he was one of the um enchanted objects oh he'd be cogsworth the clock no yes he would Oh, because, wait, wait, is Co- Cogsworth, is, he's crabby, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I was thinking Lumiere was crabby, but I He's like, we have to follow the rules, and yeah. we have to do, oh, the beast wouldn't like it. He's definitely Cogsworth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I got it right. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I'm just going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Craig and Wong and Cabot are watching Roy win the Oscars in douchery. All the dinnerware is pissed. <laughs> yeah. Cabot is pissed. They almost had all the info from the recording of Roy. She worked with Sam for like a month. Why did he change his mind? Wong says it's because of the grooming and all that shit for the last four years. Sam still cares about Roy. Sam didn't even report it to the police. His mom did. So Sam feels like he is protecting the one man who loves him. Like no matter how fucked up that is. Yeah. Pedophiles choose victims who need attention and support. They're easier to manipulate and they're the least likely to turn on them. Cabot says either way, they have no case right now. They need to compel Sam to talk. Before the last petal falls. (laughs) 
So Wong doesn't think that he should be the one to talk to Sam mm-hmm. because male victims who have been preyed on by male pedophiles are always worried about being perceived as gay and Wong going in there might be looked at as an accusation. So I wasn't sure if it's because Wong is gay or just because he's a man. Oh, it's because he's gay. Okay. I think so. And the first thing I thought was, I feel like they're ahead of their time here and how they portray Huang's gayness. This is just portraying a man who happens to be gay. He's not defined by it. And he mm-hmm. has an incredible role in the SVU. Right. I just didn't know if it was because he was a man talking to him and being like, and toxic masculinity with being gay and being looked at as, you know how that is, by other guys. Mm-hmm. So the reason that I think it has to do with Huang's sexuality or and, and what he like why he's being cautious with participating in it is he said the words me going in there may be looked at as an accusation. Right. Like, oh, we're sending him in because he's gay too. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Craig is gonna go take the mom into his office and Cabot is gonna go talk to Sam. Cabot and Sam are in a conference room. Cabot tells Sam that what they had him do was very difficult, and she's sorry that he had to go through that. She tells him that nobody blames him for telling Roy to run, but he, of course, doesn't believe her. She tells him that no one is mad at him. She understands why he wouldn't want to get Roy in trouble, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, wrong with what? And she says caring about what happens to him even if you don't want to and then she says that none of what happened with roy was his fault he was chosen by roy because he's young and vulnerable she says when you decide to be with someone no matter who that is it will be your choice and he read that as you're implying something like he's got a hair trigger for that because of who abused him yeah and he's like whoa i'm not a f word Mm -hmm. and she's like whoa that's not what i was saying and then i was like i can't believe they said the f word on tv i was gonna google that too because i guarantee they wouldn't be able to say that anymore not anymore no he cuts her off and says i have a girlfriend he's like getting mad and then he flips out and repeats i'm not a f word and then fucking leaves and she's like fuck and the whole time she's like i didn't say that that's not what i yeah she's also not trained in yeah someone who's been through that kind of trauma right but she did a great job i think in talking to him yeah he stops out into the squad room and craig and his mom who were watching on the other side of the glass come out too sammy tells his mom he wants to go home and she flips on cabot saying that cabot said nothing would go wrong and it was over craig and said that they still have Roy in custody so that's good Sammy's mom says she only came to them because she didn't know what else to do because Sammy didn't want to call the police Wong tells her she did the right thing she definitely doesn't want to continue this and put Sam through any more pain Mm -hmm. Wong's like we've come so far and she's upset of course and says that they're done Benson tells Craig and that Roy is in processing and will be out by tomorrow Craig needs them to build a case without Sammy Mm-hmm. He wants them to find other victims. Munch says Roy had to attend therapy after his previous convictions. Craig wants them to track down the therapist, which I don't know what that will do because of patient-client privilege, right? Or- I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, when they confess to like criminal acts, they have to tell police like they're um, it's part of the ethical oh, sure. whatever. But I wonder if it's the same thing where it's like I'm gonna murder somebody or something, or I did murder somebody. I don't know if it's the same thing, or if that doesn't count because it's part of prison and stuff yeah i don't know but then i was thinking well they'll just go in and compel the shrink by saying their usual okay well we'll just get a warrant or okay you want the irs digging around in your books or okay some other threat to make you do it for us right now well he was a prison therapist so Mm -hmm. i mean they can't even get letters that aren't read so maybe that doesn't apply to them like the yeah client i don't know if somebody knows let us know that would be interesting yeah mal 
Mal, Mal. Stabler says they need to get into Roy's apartment because pedophiles are always collecting shit. Cabot has enough for a warrant, so she's on it. Over at Roy's apartment, Benson, Stabler, and Forensics aren't finding anything on any of Roy's victims, but he does have a shit ton of porn. But it's all straight adult porn. I mean, he's got video games, other kinds of porn material. Stabler says it's a teenage boy's paradise. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, it's definitely a place like teen boys want to hang out. And, you know, Roy made it that way, but none of it is illegal. A forensic dude is taking Roy's hard drive to the lab to look into it further. Do I just miss Boston Robber? Is this dude his brother? It's his brother. I was thinking this. I was like, oh, is he back? Oh, no. Nothing to note in the bedroom. I'm going to take the hard drive down to the lab. Maybe they'll have better luck. He was carrying it like it was a box on the street. (laughs) Right. So in the lab, Roy has a 120 gig hard drive and 119 gigs is porn. Um, That's a lot. I feel like my phone is 120 gigs. Of porn? I don't know. No. Just, <laughs> I think that things have changed technologically and they can fit stuff, whatever, you know. Oh, how but many? But I'm not, get, I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know. None of the porn is child sexual abuse images, though. Right. The lab guy is weirded out by what they didn't find. It sounds like this guy clears his history daily and has a super hardcore scrubber software on his drive so they can't retrieve any of the deleted files. The software is pretty good and it writes over files like 20 or 30 times. The lab dude's been able to get a few fragments of an image here and there because they were like, well, how long will it take to get the whole thing? And he's like, well, if I had 50K, six months and some electro microscope thingy, he maybe could find something. So they're fucked. Right. Munch and Toots are doing a walk and talk with Roy's old therapist from prison. He tells them that the parole board thought Roy was a poster boy for the therapy program and the shrink didn't believe it for a fucking second. He thinks that Roy is the most gifted liar he's ever met and he fooled everyone around him into thinking he was a cured pedophile and toots is like well why didn't he fool you and he's like instinct he says that roy loved listening to the other sex offenders in the group therapy he was getting off while he was supposed to be getting rehabilitated part of Roy's therapy was to disclose and he admitted to molesting over 100 boys but he never mentioned names dates or places obviously who would Mm -hmm. he says roy is very calculating and never chooses victims on opportunity he's a true predator he can't be stopped therapy isn't going to help him right now we're in the office of svu bureau chief elizabeth donnelly Mm -hmm. here we go everybody here it is here she is welcome to the stage miss judith light yes miss Angela Bauer for 196 episodes in a little show called Who's the Boss? Fucking Boss. Judith Light is an amazing get for any show. And you can Mm -hmm. see that in her credits. She's done a ton of series, including a long-running stint on One Life to Live, Ugly Betty, SVU from 2002 to 2010, The Dallas Revival, The X's Transparent, American Crime Story, and I would be remiss if I didn't recognize a one Ursula Bacon honey chicken in the mid 90s TV series Duck Man, Private Dick Family Man. Did I dive too deep? Possibly, but let me tell you about Duck Man. Eric Duckman, voiced by Jason Alexander, is a crass womanizing single dad duck working as a private investigator with his level-headed sidekick, Corn-Fed Pig. It was canceled. (laughs) I know. It was canceled after two seasons, but I feel like it would have gone on longer if it would have been on a more appropriate network. It was on um, it was on USA, but it it seemed very adult swim. What was it animated? Yes. Okay. I was thinking like Howard the Duck. I was too at first. You would recognize the duck character. I didn't know what any of this was. And I'm like, Ursula Bacon, honey chicken. But (laughs) I could not pass that credit and not be like, oh my God, 
Duckman. I know yes. Duckman. I fucking love that show. Okay. I totally remember that. Oh my okay. God. Judith Light. She gets out of Honey Chicken, full circle. Cabot's in her office. She's the bureau chief, Elizabeth Donnelly. This is SVU. Okay. Oh my God. She tells Cabot that they have nothing and Sam won't talk. Cabot thinks the detectives can still investigate, though. Liz Donnelly doesn't want to waste any more resources on this guy. Cabot tells her that when Liz had her job, like when Liz was in Cabot's position, she pled Roy down. So they are mm. sassing each yep. other hard. Mm -hmm. That irks Liz. So she says, it was a first offense and there was no evidence, but please let's compare records of how many child molesters we've pled out over the years. Cabot's Ooh. trying to get her to understand that these cases are never easy, which I, I'm like, oh, she understands that. Yeah. And Liz says to her, don't tell me how this fucking works, you stupid I, bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. With her eyes, for you sure. You had Sam and you blew it. She stayed scary chill the whole time. I know. But it wasn't Cabot's fault that Sam told Barnett to run, you know? So it's kind of like, Ugh. In her mind, Cabot has to get Sam to testify. Mm -hmm. The entire scene from beginning to end is just a toe-to-toe -to -toe bad bitch TED talk. This is how you mm -hmm. do it. Beautifully executed, ladies. I have no notes. Also, did you notice the way that Donnelly sat down super smug at the end of the conversation? Mm -hmm. yeah. I recorded it and I'm sending it to you and I'm posting it. I'm going to send it to you right now. She stood in a profile position and looked over her shoulder at Cabot. Did not break eye contact. She sat down like she was doing the elevator going down joke. Like she's fucking Austin Powers and presses an imaginary button going down. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see. All right. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> I can hear you laughing. <laughs> oh, I love it. The, the one redeeming thing for this episode are some of these fucking iconic, incredible scenes. Right. And everyone includes Cabot. Right. Cabot is all over this episode. Oh, man. Now Cabot's at Sam's house. Cabot and Sam's mom are sitting at the kitchen table, and you can see Sam in the living room doing homework, but, like, totally listening. Right. The mom really does not want to force her son to go to trial. She keeps saying, maybe the judge needs to hear it from me, or maybe the judge could hear it from you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, what Sam told us. And Cabot's like, oh, it's hearsay. It has to be from Sam, or it's not allowed. The more we know about child psychology and victim psychology mm -hmm. there needs to be adjustments made in our judicial system you know what right. i'm saying for like how that i understand hearsay and how like it's really important that certain things are da 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 but we have technology now that people can be in a safer place physically mm -hmm. so that their emotional stability is right protected i don't know i just it's so complicated. That's assuming that they were victimized by the person, but then is that a fair trial for the person who's being tried? You know, because right. what about their emotional... And, and the right to be innocent until proven guilty... Yeah. Oh, the whole thing is fucked. It's just like sex crimes victims will not report for this fucking reason. They won't go mm -hmm. through with this shit for this fucking reason because the emotional toll that the trial takes is too fucking much. Yeah. So Cabot... And is I really hate it. 
Cabot is really pushing the point that she wants Roy to pay for what he did to her son and mm-hmm. that they need Sam because Roy won't stop hurting boys. And then mom's like, I would have fucking killed him if I was there. So the mom goes over to Sam and says, just tell me what you want to do. If you want me to tell Cabot to leave and we never talk about it again, I will. Just tell me what you want to do. And the mom is like crying and then Sam is seeing that and he's upset and he's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do the trial. I have chills right now. Ugh. In the waiting room at the courthouse, Stabler and Sam are sitting in there having a chat. They're waiting to go into the courtroom. I don't think that they would put Sam alone in a room with any dude, but mm. whatever. Staves is trying to calm Sam down a little bit because he's super nervous. Stabler tells him that he doesn't have to worry about seeing Roy because he's not going to be in the room when Sam's testifying, which is fantastic. My first feeling is like, oh my God, yay, that answers some of my questions and gives him a little yeah. bit of comfort. But then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but they're going to pass each other in the hallway because it's SVU. It's and that's SVU. what you. Yeah. They can't get their shit together with that for sure. Right. So Sam asks him if testifying is basically just easy and Sabler's like "Mm, not really it can be really hard but you know when you're a man when you're being a man you have to do things that are hard and Mm -hmm. I did not love this approach this was not my favorite thing that he could have said this kid has Mm -hmm. already been forced to grow up so much faster than necessary Mm -hmm. I know I don't like that either he tells Sam that nobody thinks this is going to be easy for him and it takes a lot of guts to do what he's doing and he's just kind of hyping him up Cabot knocks on the door because it's time to go to court Mm -hmm. this is where I pretend I'm not here. Okay, so now we're in the courtroom. Sam is on the stand and Cabot is asking him questions about Roy and when this started, blah, blah, blah. Sam says he remembers Roy touching him inappropriately when he was around 12. They were hanging at Roy's and he gave Sam some beer for helping him change his car oil. Roy kept feeding Sam beer and started showing him porn and telling him there's nothing wrong with looking at girls. Cabot asks what Roy said to him when he touched him. Sam starts getting upset and says Roy said he could show him how to do it because he was older and knew stuff and that's Sam could be a man just like him. (sighs) So fucking manipulative and disgusting. Cut to the courthouse hallway. Cabot is talking to Sam and his mom, saying that after lunch, they will present the testimony to the grand jury. Stabler pops up and Cabot's like, he did great. And Stabler has this little smile on his face like, attaboy, son. The mom's like, can we fucking get out of here? (laughs) She just wants out of there. Yeah. Of course, Roy comes out of the elevator and is staring at Sam. First of all, Sam has his back to the elevator and Cabot. She had two choices there. She looks and she goes, oh, motherfucker. You know, and she sees the door open and sees that it's Roy, which she could have been like, let's walk out this way. Let's take the stairs. Yeah, yeah. I've got a pedometer on. Let's get our steps in, huh? It's been a tough day. Um, Yeah, but no. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, a young man runs at Roy and knocks him and Cabot to the ground yelling, burn in hell, you ruined my life, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Stabler rushes Sam and his mom to the elevator and then helps Cabot up. She's all kinds of fucked up. Yeah, I was a little confused for a second because I thought the attacker was Sam. Everything was like really upside down. Um, But it was a guy, it was a different guy that looked like Sam, which then tracked. And I was like, oh, he's another one of Roy's Mm -hmm. victims. And Cabot was on the ground for a long time before anyone came and helped her up. I know. I, at first I was like, oh my God, she's still on the ground? Uh, I mean, but then I was, like, was I was rushing, like, well, I get, yeah. I get, yeah, Stabler was trying to get Sam out of there first. But Yeah. But also, no one else thought to help her up. It was a busy hallway. Yeah. Okay? And she was down there with a fucking head injury. It was just very indicative of, like, this was the one moment that you could watch and go, oh, that's what Cabot gets treated like. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Benson and Stabler are in a conference room with that guy that attacked Roy and Cabot he's like I thought I was over all this but then I saw Roy in the news getting arrested and it all came back Roy had started molesting this kid when he was 11 he was this kid's baseball 
coach. He picked out the quote, special kids for extra practice. There was a few other kids, but most of them stopped going or moved away. But he kept going for five years. He says that that's why he never told anybody because he felt like at some point it was his choice to keep going. Mm. Sailor says, Tommy, we don't care if you went back for 10 fucking years. The second he touched you, he took away your choice. And Stapler says it very firmly. And I like that. He's like, hey, dude, not your fault. We love you. You're good. You know what I mean? He just was really like, no. Right. I'm not going to leave any wiggle room for you to blame yourself. Yeah. It isn't his fault and he couldn't have stopped it. Mm -hmm. When Tommy got older, Roy told him to stop coming over, but to keep bringing his younger friends over. Tommy thought he had done something wrong. Benson reminds him that this is not his fault. It's fucking Roy's fault. Stabler wants to know if he remembers any of the other boys' names. Tommy says he wants to press charges against Roy because he's tired of holding this all in. Benson and Stabler are like, ugh. The problem is Tommy is 27 now and the statute of limitations is expired, which fucking sucks. So that's like five years after yeah. you turn 18. Like, oh my fucking God. There's gotta how is, be... How is like, murder... Ugh, whatever. There's gotta be a psychological science to extending that. I get it again. Like, it's for memory's sake and whatever, but there's people that witness something and can't give an accurate description immediately following the event. So what does time fucking matter? I know. I don't know. Anyway, now we're in a Cabot and Roy's lawyer walk and talk. The lawyer tells Cabot that Roy isn't going to press charges against his attacker. And Cabot's like not fucking having it. How very generous of him considering Roy doesn't have a scratch on him. Cabot's entire existence is going completely unnoticed and unappreciated. She's literally standing in front of this guy with a gigantic gash on her forehead from being fucking drop kicked in the hallway. (laughs) And left to die on the floor. She's like, I'm fine. Thanks. I'm all right. I'm good. I should have had stitches, but I just threw some nail glue in there because I had shit to do. But okay, for you guys. Roy wants to discuss a deal and he wants to put all of this behind him. The fucking lawyer tries to say that they're going to go for a misdemeanor instead of the three felonies that they have up there right now. Such bullshit. Yeah, it's such bullshit. And then he says to Cabot, do you really want to put that poor boy through a trial? Fuck you, dude. She tells Roy's lawyer that if Roy wants this behind him to plead fucking guilty. And then the lawyer walks out. He like does this like eye roll spin move out of the fucking. He doesn't even say bye or anything or like, hey, I hope you're feeling okay. (laughs) He doesn't even say bye. He literally just did a sex abuse child victim so fucking dirty. Like, you know that this guy's fucking guilty. And Gabe's like, he didn't even say goodbye to Cabot when he left. It's like that lady. What a monster. All right. Now we got a Cabot and Craig and walk and talk. Craig says that she must really have them by the balls if the defense attorney is pretending to be concerned about the victim, which is true. It's kind of funny. And Cabot is fucking pissed. She says he's as bad as his client hoping that the victim is too traumatized to stand trial. He's lucky I didn't knock his fucking teeth down his throat. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And then she like storms off and Craigan's left standing in her badass wake. And he's like, I'd pay real money to see that. And I was like, me too. Craigan loves seeing someone righteously fired the fuck up as long as it doesn't get him in trouble with the brass. Yeah. Now we're in the squad room. Tommy gave Benson and Stabler a list of the other boys who are possible victims of Roy's 15 years ago. That was the guy that jumped Roy yeah. in the hallway. Remember? Yep. Yeah. The I know st- you know. I know, yeah. The statute is expired probably on all of them, but they're hoping that they will lead them to other boys that they brought. Right, because it's a disgusting spider web of victims. Cabot is meeting Sam in a little bit to go over trial 
Ralph shit. And she's like, I'll fucking ask him if he ever brought younger friends over. Cabot and Sam, they have some little sodas and lunch going over what the defense attorney might say to him during the next part of the trial. Roy will be there for this part, but he's not allowed to talk to him which I don't know why he's there. Okay. She's going to try and make it super quick. Cabot is sort of winding up to ask Sam if he knows of any other boys, but does it in a way that isn't forceful. Like she tells him that she thinks that there's probably other boys, but they're not as brave as him and asks him if there are any other little boys. She just did it like really gently. Sam says he doesn't know any of the other boys, but that Roy kept telling him that Sam was getting older and pretty soon he wouldn't need to be his friend anymore. Cabot says, I don't think he was your friend. And then Sam tells her this heartbreaking story story about one time Roy picked him up early from school because he said that sometimes people need a break and he took him on a boat tour and like he was cold and gave him his jacket and then they had a burger and then he took him home and never tried anything. Sam said it was one of the best times of my life. How sick is that? And Cabot reassures him that it's not sick and that Roy did that on purpose. Roy wanted Sam to like him because he knew what he was doing was wrong. So Sam says he didn't even like me at all. I guess I kind of knew that. Oh, Cabot's like this is all almost over. Oh my god. Cut to Cabot's house. It's the middle of the night and her phone rings and I'm like, no! She says, oh my god. And then it's straight to the hospital. Cabot runs in and meets Benson and Stabler. Sam is alive but tried to overdose with his antidepressants and aspirin. Sam's mom comes through some double doors and gets kind of knocked around a little by them. This is her acting. Like, she was just like... This actor was this woman. She was Mm -hmm. experiencing this. You could see it in her face. All of her feelings. It was... She was incredible. I believed her. I know. Harder than I've ever believed, I think, anybody on this show. Yeah. She is fucking pissed. Mm -hmm. And she's like, tells Cabot to get out of there. Stabler runs over to hold her back because she's fucking screaming at Cabot to get out and she's fucking trying to attack her. Are you happy now? Is there anything else you want him to do for you? And Cabot's just like, ugh, and like runs out. Cabot's in jeans, by the way. She's in her like street clothes and it's super weird. I didn't think she had anything denim. Yeah, I assumed her like pajama pants were a nude jumpsuit. I don't know. In the squad room, it's super somber. Cabot's sitting in a chair, still in her cute jeans and her cute cable knit cardigan and she just, she looks devastated. Benson's sitting on her desk, crisscross applesauce, like a cool laid back girl in high school would, you know, where it's like, we all got to talk and the cool teacher who sits on his chair backwards is about to come in and address them. Mm-hmm. And then he does. Craigan comes in and tells them that Sam suffered from hypoxia and the lack of oxygen led to cardiac arrest. He's on a respirator and there's some brain activity, but they don't know if he'll ever wake up. Craigan starts to tell Cabot that Sam had problems before this trial, but she cuts him off and says she wants to know if Roy contacts Sam at all. I mean, she was just with Sam. Yeah. And so this probably a couple hours her. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And then Munch does that thing where he goes, good old Munch. He is super on top of shit. He's like, oh yeah, I already checked the phone records. There was a 15 second call from Sam to Roy and Cabot wants to go for coercing a witness. And with Roy's influence over Sam, 15 seconds might just be long enough to put the idea in Sam's head. Craigan's like, I don't want possible. I want to crucify this guy. Yeah. And asks where everyone's at with finding the other victims. They'd only find one other person from the names that Tommy gave them, Ben Tucker, but he's in Sing Sing for pedophilia. Mm, The fucking psycho, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Cabot wants them to set up a meeting. She's going off to try and save the case. Apparently, Roy's attorney filed a motion to fucking dismiss. It's been like gross. 15 minutes. Yeah. Now we're in the judge's chambers. We're with that one judge. I fucking love her. I I never remember her name. I don't Uh, ever either. 
but she's she's a basically she's a, a bad bitch bad bitch permanent fixture yeah uh, i like her a lot because she fucking hates having to make some of the decisions she has to make but she goes by the law she's by the book it doesn't right. allow any wiggle room even if we all want that that's a good judge to me i mean yeah with the current system and ability that we have right cabot is fucking pissed because it's only been like 12 hours since sam has been incapacitated roy's lawyer says that they can't meet the burden of proof and he wants to dismiss the judge asks if sam is going to recover cabot cannot give a definitive answer and roy's like see she's not a doctor and the judge says it's not particularly attractive to be so excited about this tragedy so let's chill with your enthusiasm yeah this guy's basically got fucking tap shoes on over in the corner yeah. like boop 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 we have to get rid of this case because it doesn't apply anymore because that kid's gonna die do 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 or whatever you know exactly <laughs> the judge says that while the people have a right to this trial the defendant has a right to a speedy trial she's giving cabot three days okay but i am gonna say what she says is true here mm-hmm. But do you know how many people are sitting in jails waiting for a court date Mm -hmm. for like months and months and months? Three days. It's like, give her a fucking month. Or maybe maybe talk to the doctor and get some numbers. If we're going by numbers, get some numbers of probability of of what could happen as far as like Sam's recovery. You don't know that as a judge three days. Anyway. Yeah. Cabot wants Sam's testimony to still be in the trial because of the 15 second phone call and the years of abuse and manipulation. (laughs) They go into this whole thing and it's back and forth. Yeah. He said that you're trying to prove that he was abused, but to be able to get his statements in, we already have to go in with the assumption that he was abused by my client to prove that my client abused him and it was this whole circular logic that yeah she couldn't didn't really have anywhere to stand on basically the judge is like it it isn't gonna happen cabot has to find these other people to testify against roy she's like starting all over and i'm like this bitch will do it yeah she will over at sing sing cabot benson and stabler are sitting across from ben tucker the only victim of roy's who they could find, who's now in prison for being a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Ben Tucker is played by actor Lee Pace. He's Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in the show Halt and Catch Fire. He's in a bunch of Hobbit movies. What? Yeah, he's he? Thranduil. Thranduil? Does that sound familiar? No. There's all these Hobbit movies from the 20 teens, and I was like, Gabe will know. He's Ronan? Mm-hmm. From Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. What? That guy? Yes. Played by Lee Pace. Oh, that's why he looks so fucking... (gasps) Oh, (laughs) he's the guy, the elf that I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy? Yes. That's why he looks so familiar. Oh, yes. So So not only that, all of that, those were just gifts to you. Thank you. I recognize him as Ned from Pushing Daisies, the super cute and quirky (gasps) TV series that ran from 2007 to 2009 that I fucking loved and was so bummed when it was canceled. Me too. Kristen Chenoweth was in it. I loved that fucking show. Yeah. The writing was amazing. It was so fucking cute and clever. And so I decided upon the realization that this was Ned that I will now be binging 
that series to recover from this episode. Mm -hmm. This Ben dude is telling Cabot Benson Stabler that he started offending himself when he was 18 because his parents were distant and because of what Roy did to him. Stabler doesn't really seem to give a shit or believe him because he's a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Ben said he'll, he's like, I'll totally testify against Roy if they want him to. But Cabot says that he has a history of lying for more lenient sentences. So she's not really into that because he was like, I'm a, I'm a fucking victim. And they understand that he was a victim. So they want him to help them prosecute his molester by giving them some information right sailor tells him that they know that ben kept little mementos and records of his victims to be able to relive the thrill which is so fucked benson asks where roy kept his mementos of the victims ben says he doesn't remember but nobody believes him they're like what do you want and he's like what can you give me and cabin's like all right we're done and they start to get up and then ben says he wants to transfer to a psych facility for sex offenders he's like i don't belong here cabin says that if his information leads to anything she will consider his request she says it's her only offer yes or no right now cabin is not fucking around right now no he says that roy knew not to keep records but he had one weakness which was videotaping himself with his victims he used to send them to his other victims what the fuck and that's a pretty big i know i'm not supposed to keep mentos but i'm gonna put shit on a whole entire vhs tape right ben said he never watched him because it wasn't his thing it was roy's thing ben says that he thinks that roy probably sent sam tapes because he couldn't help himself Mm -hmm. sam might have them in his room somewhere but it's gonna be hard to get past mom in the hospital benson and stabler find sam's mom in his room taking care of some of his tubing Mm. Ugh. So she's pissed. She's pissed that they're there. They come in and they're like, rat tat tat can we talk to you? And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? She doesn't mm-hmm. want them to go through and search her home. And she never wants to fucking see them again. She's not here for it. She doesn't give a shit what they think is there. She's trying to keep her son alive. Mm-hmm. She's just praying that her son will live through this. So now we're in the squad room. Cabot's fucking pissed. She's yelling oh, at them. Shit. This is so great. She's yelling. Did you want to do this or anything? Or um, do you not care? So I made little notes next to all of these because I wanted to make sure that I didn't do any of the scenes that I was super uncomfortable with. And this one I put squad room. Both of us. Hard. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh my back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right squad room cabot's fucking pissed and she's yelling at them which i was like "Woo! here we go benson says do you think she cares about this case like talking about sam's mom Mm -hmm. cabot angrily says make her care and i'm just like glad for once that she's yelling at them and not the other way around this conversation would normally be the exact same way except cabot would be saying her shit calmly yeah but she's at a breaking point right now because everybody expects her to fucking do everything for everyone and be able to fix everything. She's righteously mad. Yeah. Craigan says, well, we still have Ben Tucker and Sing Sing and Cabot's like, no way. He's a bad fucking witness. And Stabler mockingly says, make him a good witness. And I was like, fuck you, Stabler. We all see the clever little retort thing you're doing, Stabes, mm-hmm. but it is not the time. Yeah, she's fucking raging. No wonder Kathy has you staying in a fucking rental. Yeah, dude. Is that still happening? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I would have thrown that personal ass shade in real quick with that kind of yeah. shit. <laughs> she doesn't be like, I hope, I hope your wife divorces you. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it pro bono. <laughs> he's like you're not that kind of lawyer and she's like i'll make myself that kind he's, of lawyer exactly yeah she can't make ben's priors go away it's impossible yeah and so stabler is clearly looking to push her buttons at this point and he goes so now you're just taking cases you can win mm-hmm. she's like i deal with the cases that you give me if i need more evidence you need to get more evidence 
I can't do my job and your job too. And Stabler's mm -hmm. smirking because he's loving that he's getting under her skin and I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. And he's like, bitch, what did you say? Can't do Ugh. my what? And Craigan's mm -hmm. like, out of line, Cabot. Wrong road, dad. Mm -hmm. The fact that he told her she's out of line, Oh. I know. She's like, I'm not out of line. I don't work for you. You work for me at my discretion. Yeah. Your sole purpose in this process, I'm getting chills. I know. <laughs> Your sole purpose in this process is to bring me a case I can prosecute, not one I have to fix. Oh, finally. It cuts to an extremely uncomfortable Benson. It's like when your parents are fighting in front of you. I saw, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't know if I say anything or. I'm going to go sit in the car and turn the music on. I, I haven't <laughs> exhaled for this entire conversation. So mm -hmm. you guys have been pushing her here all fucking season. All season. She's mm -hmm. snapping and you fucking deserve every fucking thing she throws at you. Mm -hmm. you, the, you guys don't hear her when she's like, hey, bring me something that I can use. And then you get to yell at her and use her as your fucking punching bag and don't help her up when she gets shoved to the floor and splits her fucking head open. Jesus I Christ. Know, right? Tell her you like her jeans. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> Invite her out for a half a beer. Jesus Every now and then. Christ. She wouldn't drink with these fucking she, I was going to say, she doesn't have time for these fucks. <laughs> I would, though. Invite me. Uh, I'm a peasant. I'll come. <laughs> Cragen says, fine. Then you tell us, counselor, how can we help you put this man away? What would you like us to do? Her eyes are wide and she takes a fucking breath and says, nothing. You've done all you can. And she takes off. And then for how many times, like, I've seen them individually freak out on her. Mm -hmm. She deserved this. She did. And fuck you, Stabler. Yeah. And for once, they get to see how fucking hard it is to work with them sometimes. Like, And they're all sitting there with their eyebrows and their fucking hairlines. Like, can you believe her? Oh, my God. Yeah. Now we're at the trial. Cabot requests a continuance. She needs more time to gather evidence. But the judge has no choice but to dismiss the case because the time is up. And the defendant has the right to a speedy trial. Mm -hmm. In the court hallway, Cabot is pacing and waiting for the judge to come out. The judge comes out of the elevator and says, stalking me, Miss Cabot? I fucking love this judge. Yeah. Cabot asks her for a search warrant to look for tapes of Roy with other victims. And the judge is like, oh my God, you're kidding me? Where are they? Cabot tells her that they're in Sam's house. And the judge is like, oh yeah, and the mother would rather see you dead than let you in her home. Cabot tells her that the information comes from a victim of Roy's from years ago. Cabot is honest with the judge in saying that he's been in Sing Sing for pedophilia and he isn't a great witness and he's not a reliable source. But he was Roy's victim up until five years ago. Mm -hmm. But the judge isn't having it. She's like, there you go. There it is. You buried the fucking lead. I'm not giving you yeah. a warrant based on the words of a convicted pedophile. Cabot is absolutely desperate, though. This is her last chance. And the judge tells her that she looks like shit and tells her to get some rest. And she does. Well, she does. It's, she, it, it continues to get worse. Like, she continues to become more and more disheveled the rest of the episode. I think all they do is just, like, take a little bit of makeup off every now and then because we're not used to seeing real people on TV. Well, they <laughs> also disheveled her hair a tiny bit. It's mm -hmm. just, like, a few hairs out of place and her shirt's untucked. She is a goddamn mess. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's a French tuck, you bitch. <laughs> In the squad room, Benson is thrown on a jacket and asking Staves where the hell he's been. They got to get going. Apparently, Cabot called and wants everyone to meet her at Sam's house. Benson and Stabler rush into an elevator as Stabler hands her that little iconic blue SVU cup of coffee he picked up for her on his way to work. BFFs, hard emoji. <laughs> Just reminding us that they're on a friendship boat together. Join our Patreon. <laughs> you know that the doors close and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were getting me coffee and that's like soups nice of you and I appreciate it. 
and oh my god and you got me an extra sugar he's like of course i did we're best fucking friends i know your coffee order jesus christ and she's like here i got you this and she took out this little box for him to put his finger in and she snapped it shut like pretty woman but it didn't have a necklace in it it was full of relish <laughs> and he laughed like <laughs> and his dress was beautiful <laughs> so gorgeous he can't eat snails either. <laughs> How endearing. Over at Sam's house, his mom opens the door super angry. Her fucking hair whooshes around because of how hard she opened the door. Do you notice yeah. that? Yes. <laughs> She's mad because who's standing at the door? It's fucking Cabot. And she tells her that her apartment is a crime scene. And that means the police can come in and look for stuff. It looks like Cabot hasn't slept all night. BT dubs. And mom's yeah. like, what crime? Cabot says, well, your son's alleged suicide attempt until we can prove otherwise, we have to treat the apartment like a homicide crime scene. Oh, man. Cabot's gone fucking AWOL, dude. As soon as she said that, I'm like, this sounds like bullshit. This does not sound... Mm. She's off the grid, man. For she's sure. pulling some stabler shit. She can't... Yeah, she can't get a warrant. So she's like, well, I'm diving in with both fucking feet. Yeah. Mom tries to slam the door and Cabot just like steps in. <laughs> and grabs it before she can. She's like, we are only here so we can put away the guy that hurt your son. I'll take the blame for what happened to your son, but I can't rest until this motherfucker is in prison. The mom steps aside and swings her hair around. And she's so good at body work. I just, yeah, she's so good at bath and body work. <laughs> So Benson and Stabler show up right as the doors open and Cabot's standing in the doorframe. They just walk past. They're putting their gloves on. Benson asks if there are any restrictions for the search warrant. And Cabot's like, uh, nope, whatever you find, which she never says that kind of shit. And this is when right. I'm like, she doesn't even have a fucking warrant. And they have no idea that she doesn't have a search warrant. They have right. no idea. And they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. Not only is Cabot risking her job and life, she's also risking Benson and Stabler's. That's what we think right now. But yeah, Alex Cabot would never okay keanu reeves and alex cabot would never so benson and stabler are rifling through everything in sam's bedroom stabler finds this piece of drywall that is cut out from the rest of the drywall in the back of the closet it's like a little cubby hole or something. Yeah, it's behind a stack of sweatshirts and whatever. He's like, I'm just going to move this. Inside is an unopened, huge bubble wrap envelope stuffed with something. And the return address is Roy's. Sam never even bothered to open it. So Stabler mm. opens it and it's filled with VHS tapes. Yeah, and by filled, you mean like four because VHS tapes are <laughs> fucking huge. Right, exactly. <laughs> So cut to the street. Benson and Sailor pull up to Roy's apartment and it looks like he's packing up a U-Haul to move. Yeah. And there's these other moving dudes with boxes that are also loading up. And Benny grabs the box from Roy and she's like, oh, we're helping you move. Ah! They're super sarcastic this episode. I know. And they go, they arrest him. And then there's just like one lone confused mover dude standing there. Like, so do I just keep moving these boxes? Or I know. Like, I saw that. I he was like... <laughs> What do I do? Old in the box. Is this guy going to need me to load the truck? I'm not going to load the truck if you're not. What's happening? I'm going to go get a hot dog. Now we're in the squad room. Benson and Stabler fucking strut in. And they say that Roy is being processed and they're heading to Mulligan's to celebrate. Half beers for everyone. <laughs> Toots says, you're not going to want to do that. Dad's mad. And I was like, oh, Exact shit. quote. Also... This is the first time we hear them refer to Craig and his dad, right? I think so. I yeah, didn't even I realize it. they ever did. I just thought that was a thing it was that... just us. Yeah. <laughs> the camera pans to Craig in, in the open doorway of his office, and he's like, get your asses in my office. And I was like, holy shit. Yikes. 
Kragen wants to know why the fuck they searched Sam's place without consent. Benson and Stabler are obviously confused. Roy's attorney is calling everybody to get them in trouble and a Fourth Amendment violation. Benson says, we didn't need consent. Cabot had a search warrant. And Stabler says, try again. Because he caught he on. He realized yeah. what Sta- was, yeah. Yeah. Stabler says, try again. And you see Benson's little, like, lip gloss mouth open. Like, she was like, and her lips are, like, perfectly glossed. Super shiny. Your lip gloss is popping. Your lip gloss is cool. No. Um, sorry. No. No, sorry. no, no. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. <laughs> I love that song, though. No, but they really did have, like, they have a studio ring light that is just for her gorgeous lip glossed a mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. So she's looking and she's like, God, Cabot lied to us. Mm-hmm. And then Craigan's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying Cabot told you she had a warrant? And then Sabre's like, um, I don't remember to try and protect Cabot, which is nice. Which is finally nice. Yeah. Craigan ain't buying it though. Under his breath, Craigan turns around and goes, she's out of her mind. <laughs> Stabler says it's a good faith warrant because they didn't know she didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And Craig is like, it doesn't fucking matter. I don't know if he was a little stuffy or what, but he goes, good faith doesn't cover Cabot you. <laughs> Benson says that Cabot did that to protect her and Stabler, which is nice. Mm-hmm. You're right. She would never. Right. Those tapes show Roy with a half a dozen other boys. But if the judge throws those tapes out because of how they were found and no search warrant, then they have nothing. And what do they think? Cabot's this fucking stupid you think that she's gonna get tripped up on one of the most basic cop things you have to have a warrant yeah but let's keep moving forward okay we're in the judges chambers roy's lawyer is pissed saying that sam's mom never consented to a search and that cabot lied her way in cabot oh my god cabot still hasn't slept i commit to she has not slept for the last 48 hours now right she says that sam's alleged suicide attempt was never investigated the judge cuts her off and says don't even try to sell that shit to me don't try to feed me a shit pie (laughs) i wish i could remember that lady's name from the help but i forget it i know i was just thinking that too i was gonna like throw that at the end but i forgot i forgot her name Um, i got quiet because i was like trying to think of like what that yeah i'm glad we're on the same page i love you okay i love you too roy's lawyer says that this was a blatant fourth amendment violation he insists that any evidence that was found must be suppressed cabot says that roy's fourth amendment rights weren't impeded on sam's moms were but she's not the defendant oh yeah fuck yeah she can search any private residence that doesn't belong to roy loophole Uh, yep she found one she did it she technically did nothing wrong against roy and the judge does not like this but mm-hmm. she's forced to agree with Cabot. Their illegal search and seizure of Sam's mom's house isn't a violation of Roy's rights. It wasn't mm-hmm. his house. While Cabot was shifty and did something illegal, it has no bearing on the case because it didn't involve any of Roy's property. The oh judge says that the motion to suppress the evidence is denied. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And then this fucking judge, it's like, that's over. Now can we go to Mulligan's? But then the judge is like, just so you know, Cabot, I am soups unhappy with your actions and I'm going to make sure that your superiors look into you because what you did was unethical and I'm not going to fucking forget it. Mm. And I'm like, well, Cabot's like, fine, cool. I need to go home and sleep for 19 hours. Cool. Right. Now we're in the courthouse hallway. Cabot comes up to Benson Stabler and tells him that the tapes are in. Stabler says that Cabot took a big chance. 
Mm-hmm. She's like, you guys were never in jeopardy. I made sure of it. Stabler's like, mm, you sh- still should have told us. But I argue that she shouldn't have. I agree. If she's going to do something shifty, protect your people and do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Cabot's like, I'm sorry. But Benson's like, no, you're not. <laughs> she's like, well, I'm sorry that you were ever in the middle of this. But you're right. I'm not sorry for the rest. And then takes off for arraignment. Again, with this like, just fucking say thank you to her. You know what I, I mean? Know. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're not. Fuck you. All you guys wanted was for her to operate with her heart instead of her head. And now she's using both. And y'all still want to fucking spank her. Give her a fucking break. She can't win. You know who she is now? Who was she the last time? What did I say? Oh, she was the D. She was the D from Always Sunny. Now she's Meg from Family Guy. She can't do fucking shit right for anybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <sighs> Now we're in arraignment. Roy's being read all of his counts and Cabot is just smirking at him the entire time. Oh my God. Cabot is staring at him like she's a fucking T-1000. Yes. She's like, it's awesome. (laughs) Her arms have turned into fucking knives and she's just... (laughs) She's also Uma Thurman from Kill Bill when she's driving and it's like... And Roy's like, oh, "Oh my God, please send me to prison. And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking slit your throat. Yep. Sam's mom is there, too. So I'm glad that she got to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cut to Liz, the SVU boss chief lady from Mm -hmm. Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss? Uh, It's Liz. Yeah. That was a Judith Light joke. (laughs) (laughs) She's giving Cabot her fucking punishment. Cabot is suspended for a month without pay. Sam's mom decided not to file a suit against anyone over this. They get into a tiff about why Cabot did what she did. Either way, Cabot's guilt won't go away anytime soon. Yeah. She says, congrats on setting civil liberties back 200 years. I disagree. But also the butterfly effect that Cabot's actions have, I would argue for any fucking day, even though I get it, letter of the law, da-da-da-da-da, it's fine. Mm-hmm. She's being really hard on Cabot. Everybody's being really Pro- fucking hard on Cabot. It's Cabot's fucking life. Tony Danza pops in and goes, Angela! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I hope everything on your desk is nailed down. I have a nail on my desk. Oh, no, it's a screw. I was wrong. It's a screw. Oh, Okay. All right, I'm going to do this trigger warning, fucking child abuse and molestation and suicide and all that shit. Oh. Yeah. Justin and Matthew Wilkie grew up in Baltimore, Maryland with their parents, Don and Susan. In 1985, when Matthew was 11 and Justin was nine, they attended Camp Patak in the tiny town of Moncton in northern Baltimore County. It was there that they met 23-year-old Peter Dudley Albertson II, camp counselor. Justin, Matthew, and Peter got super close over their time at camp. Peter taught the boys arts and crafts and all this stuff, and they just really bonded. By the time camp was over, the boys had really started to see Albertson as a big brother figure. Their parents saw it too, and so it was natural that their relationship continued beyond camp. Albertson was invited into their home on many occasions, spending weekends with them, babysitting. He truly was like family to the Wilkies. Eventually, the boys started spending weekends at Albertson's place. Then during a visit, so it went on for a couple years before anything even happened. This grooming process was extensive. Yeah. Justin was 11. Albertson told him that he needed a model for his photography. This is how Justin was introduced to his abuse. Things like, this is how we show love to each other. People won't understand. Da, 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 da. 
Yeah. I skip over the details of everything because I'm not going to, that's, that's not, I don't, I don't want to. Albertson also began sexually abusing Matthew as well. Matthew was 13. He regularly told both boys that they would grow up to be pedophiles like him. This was something that really scared both of them, hurting someone else the way that they were being hurt. Matthew stopped going to Albertson's after a while, but Justin did not. Justin continued to be abused for three years. Wow. Albertson then graduated from Townsend State University and moved overseas to England for a job tutoring boys. This is when Matthew got the courage to tell their mom about the abuse they had endured. Up until this point, Matthew was just like, I'm not going anymore. He didn't talk about it. And so there was, of course, guilt attached to his brother then Mm -hmm. as well for both of them. Yeah. To their parents' credit, Don and Susan immediately contacted the police. Albertson came Mm -hmm. back from Europe and was indicted on child abuse charges. There were deals made. So when Albertson pled guilty, he was given a three-year suspended sentence with five years probation. Remember, that means as long as you don't do anything to violate, you get to stay out of prison. But then if you violate, you go to prison for three years. He would have to register as a sex offender, go to therapy, have no contact with anyone under 18, and no contact with the Wilkie family. Mm -hmm. Well, Albertson had really fixated on Justin. Against court orders, he went on to stalk him. He would send him cards and letters, leave notes on his car, follow him. He showed up to his fucking high school graduation. More on that in a bit, okay? Just set that aside for a second. In 1993, Matthew attempted to take his own life twice, but survived. Both boys started volunteering at St. Vincent Center, a home for abused children in Timonium. They became close or as close as they could now with the director of spiritual development at the center, Reverend Ray Chase. With the support of Father Ray, Justin began channeling everything into his art. He created paintings that really expressed the deep agony the abuse had caused for a series that he was putting together. He wanted to communicate the realities of child victimization. And so this was a combination of therapy and expression, and it was really helping him... It was his way of Communicate it, yes. Yeah. These paintings were accompanied by three short stories, diving even deeper into his pain, he dedicated this work in 1994 to his brother. Matthew began expressing himself in his photography and poetry, profoundly painful but cathartic work for him as well. Mm. Susan, the boy's mom, left for only reasons that she could know. She moved to Florida and wasn't involved in their lives really at all, uh, Mm. as far as I could find anyway. On November 30th, 1995, Justin found his dad in his car in the garage, asphyxiated by engine exhaust. Jeez. Within the next month, Justin expressed his pain once again through his art. The painting was of his dad in the car. There was also a photo of a baby rabbit held in a pair of outstretched hands. Justin said he was letting people know that child abuse kills. In my source material, again, it's always on our website with each episode. uh, You can go in and there are articles that I have on there that go into detailed description of what each of his pieces are about and what they're of. I could only find two images of actual pieces that were printed in newspapers um, and I'm going to post those. Did you know that baby rabbits are called kittens? Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm disassociating from this story. Cute. So. I mean, emotionally that's why. Right. Justin continued to receive one-way correspondence from Albertson. For his 19th birthday Albertson mailed Justin two videotapes along with letters. In the 25 total pages of these letters, Albertson implied that the tapes may be of Justin. In a refusal to view them, Justin turned the tapes over to Father Ray, who immediately contacted the police. Mm. Justin wasn't on the tapes, but other children were. 
Sending child sex abuse material through the mail is a federal crime which holds a trafficking charge. But Albertson was in Germany. Three months after losing Don, on February 8th, 1996, Justin was found in his car, dead from carbon monoxide poisoning, the same as his dad. With him was a note that said, I hate you, Pete. But also instructions for those that he left. Sell everything I have and donate the money to St. Vincent's. I love you all, Justin. Matthew was left without his dad or his brother. He began meeting with postal inspectors and U.S. Customs Service agents to try and lure Albertson back to the States. Because if Mm -hmm. they could get him back in, they can arrest him on that fucking trafficking charge. They can't extradite him? Or they don't do that? Or Extradition is a huge, lengthy, really difficult process. So maybe this was like an initial thing and and I maybe i don't know enough about extradition i know so, neither do um, i anybody part of interpol here <laughs> anybody mal 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 you know mal. interpol so matt was on this mission he's like something's got to come out of this but unfortunately matthew would not see justice for his family on august 15th 1996 matthew was found by a farmer in a field in justin's car gone the same way his dad and justin were all within nine months of one another Oh my fucking god! Mm-hmm. Jesus. On December twenty first, like, and I don't, I don't know. I could find nothing about mm. mom. On December twenty first, nineteen ninety six, U.S. Customs was informed that Albertson was back in the country. Less than a week later, December twenty sixth, the day after Christmas, Peter Dudley Albertson II was arrested at his mom's house. In court prior to sentencing, Albertson gave a thirty minute statement with no apologies and no remorse. Instead, he tried to explain his relationship. On the quotes there, his relationship Mm -hmm. with Justin and said that he loved him. He spoke about his own attempt in taking his life by stabbing himself in the chest when he learned about Justin's death. He said, quote, I must say the pain associated with losing Justin is every bit as painful, if not more painful than the physical stab wounds of the heart. This guy was fucked. Prosecutor Andrew White pushed for the maximum, saying this in response to Albertson's statement, quote, he thinks it is beautiful. This man right here is nothing more than a sexual predator. Mm-hmm. Albertson was sentenced to 10 years with an additional three years for violating the parole with all that contact. 10 years was the max for sending child abuse sex images through the mail. So he did receive the max. Father Ray went on to show the exhibit that Justin had entitled Illuminations, Justin's art series that he did, which Mm -hmm. now included poetry and photos by Matthew as well. Father Ray said, quote, the exhibit demonstrates the unending swirl of emotions associated with child abuse. Father Ray put multiple shows together and used the proceeds to fund a child sexual abuse prevention program and awareness initiative through St. Vincent's. I think Mm -hmm. I read that they did one big public show, but the exhibit has mainly been available for presentation or training sessions for people who work in the child abuse field. Mm-hmm. Fucking the end. Wow, I'm so surprised I've never heard of that. I know. I It was hard to find stuff about it. I had to really meg through the internet to find a photo of this piece of shit. And meg and Liz through the internet. Yeah. Shit. All right. Well, that sucked. Um, next week we have season three, episode 19, Justice. A teenager is raped and murdered but the case becomes complex when they learn that their stepfather is a judge with whom she had major problems <gasps> hey follow us on all social media at svu pod check out our patreon patreon.com slash svu pod we've got all the regular episodes with a bunch of bonus stuff garbage cookies we do an extra mm-hmm. bonus friendship boat episode every month interactive shit all kinds of stuff yeah. on all kinds of tears do you guys want to hear a story about me dealing with a friend that shit his pants at a fucking party <laughs> Join the Patreon. Join the 
Patreon. You guys want to listen to us drunk talk to each other and play a card game? Join the Patreon. Wow, that doesn't sound like <laughs> it something. Doesn't sound, yeah, it doesn't sound good. Um, yeah, we got merch deals and stuff on there too. And also, like if you want to support us, that's great. That's great. We love yeah. it and appreciate it. And we love our patrons and we appreciate you guys. And you're awesome. Hashtag little bit loud. Check that out if you want to find some cool little itty bitty indie pods. Or if you are a cool little itty bitty indie pod, just hashtag little bit loud and we can all collectively come together and support each other yeah like the team should have been supporting cabot (laughs) until next time love you bye love you bye roy would pick out the kids he was this kid's baseball coach i was just trying to get to where i was because i I, I know you don't want to do this so hold on so i didn't mean to shush like that (laughs) i'm like shut up shut the fuck up (laughs) are you saying pan or pam isn't that weird that it's like the FCC flip flops some words? Because you could say bitch now. Bitch! You can yeah. say pregnant. You can say all kinds of shit. But Pre- you couldn't say pregnant? No, dude. You know what? I do remember a guy. I said hi. He didn't acknowledge me. <laughs> You're from Wisconsin, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and to our Elite Squad patrons, Haley K. Sonia W. Jenny S. Sky K. Nikki B. Marissa M. Elky H. Sarah A. Annie J. Mary D. Andrew. Rebecca D. Miranda B. Shelby W. Lax. Emily T. Kayla Dubs. Mallory G. G. Eliza W. W. <laughs> Bonita R. Marin. Vanessa. Amy P. Jessam. <laughs> Summerum. Melanie G. Courtney W. Ursula S. Fletsum and Jetsum. Just kidding. <laughs> Emily A. <laughs> Katrina C. Kiecha. Uyanga. Nicole R. And Julia P. You're all making it possible for us to continue doing this, and we love and appreciate you so much. Thanks for supporting us so much. Do do do.